Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. It's a, it's a great opportunity. I, I, I really enjoy the opportunity to be here to talk about particularly values. Like for me, they're so important and I think it's great that we have this series when we start off 2018 and we can understand the values that make up this church, the direction of where we want to go as well. Um, and I've even um, read a book in regards to that talks about values in a way. Um, it's a book by Professor Steve Peters, um, and it's called The Chimp Paradox, and people might, hmm, that's an interesting title, what could that mean? Um, but it's all about how the brain works as well, um, and in a way there's like your logical, like kind of usual day-to-day -day self, and then there's this chimp who's a bit like the emotional, like off the wall, kind of like, you know, there are moments you might find, you know, for me it could be behind the wheel of a car where you get slightly frustrated, you know, and uh, a little bit angry and so on. But um, what he's looking at here is that he's actually helped a number of um, athletes, uh, particularly uh, someone, uh, Chris Hoy, if you've heard, the cyclist uh, who won a number of gold medals. And he says, I owe a lot to this guy because of what he taught him about how his mind works and how to manage the chimp as such, to manage the emotions that you have as well. Um, within that as well, within your brain, there, he talks about something called the stone of life, another interesting title there as well. But he talks about it as your ultimate reference point for your brain. And within that is your, uh, is your values, like the things that you uh, have principles and ideals that you live by, very hard to like go against. Like if you feel very strongly about something, if you're not going to do something or will do something, that's part of it. When you have your truths of life, like statements that you believe are true in the way that the world works. They might not always be based on facts, but might be more based on experiences or things that you've learned, you know, influences in your life, like from your parents. And then you have your life force, and that is what you believe life is all about and how it should be lived. So within our brain, we have all that going on, and now we get to talk about values and, and what are the life force for this church is. And for me, when I think about values and what I really believe in, well, something that I have a real love for is basketball. Um, not the most well-known sport in the UK, but something that ever since I was nine or ten years old, I played. I really enjoyed the, the actual sport. I think it's built up to a lot of who I am today. I believe sport is a great builder of character and who you can be. Um, and now I've actually got up to the point where I am now coaching a team in uh, West London in Hamwell uh, called London Pulse. Um, and for me, like something that's relevant to me is basketball, but also what's relevant to me as well is God's words. And I believe that basketball can be used as a tool for God's ministry. Um, and that's something that I want to kind of live by, want to demonstrate the characteristics that honor God to these young people that I coach of an under-14s age group. You know, and I want to use something because what these guys have is such a great passion for this sport, and so do I. I, I share that with them. But you know, that even this club, it was set up by missionaries from the USA um, with the intention to build community and that to use something like sport, something relevant to a number of young people in that area, being one, one of the most played sports in school, that it can actually lead to someone knowing more about the gospel. And in some ways we have achieved that and, and in some ways we've got a lot further to go. But for me, that's how I believe I can be relevant. 
I decided that that could be a tool that I could use to reach others, how I could demonstrate godly character, could replicate what Jesus did in some small way, and that it involves me and gives me a way of building strong relationships alongside young people. But there is a battle, isn't there? There's a battle to be relevant, allow it for uh, people that we know, people that aren't Christians, that don't go to church in our lives, that they, to make it relevant to them, the gospel, is difficult. It, it's that actually, is it relevant to me? Like, it's just a historic book, isn't it? It's just for some people who go to Sunday school and don't now, it's just a number of stories. And actually for me, when I was younger, that's what it felt like too. I'm like, this isn't really applying to my life as such. And many will see that this is just another religion with rules and regulations, not a relationship with God, not something that will inspire you into doing things. That actually can be solutions to some of the answers you're looking for. No, many people would turn to other things for that, you know, like that research done about things like, you know, doing 10,000 steps, you know, that's going to be able to give you all the fitness needs you have, you know, like it's not completely true. Some people say there was that statement and people believe that and it's like, okay, I, I do have a step counter and I do look if I get around that figure, but it's not completely true. It depends on the body type you are, it depends how active you are in other areas, but people will believe it. They'll turn to stuff more than that then they'll turn to what the gospel says, that that will be the thing that, will, uh, that is relevant to them. And, you know, it, it is understanding what is relevant in our lives and how it connects to the gospel and how we connect it to others. You know, I love the mission of this church, and that is to radically transform the lives of others through the love and power of Jesus. Not just change lives, radically transform lives. Like, that's the that's mission that's the goal here. When we come into this church, when we're part of this church family, that's what we want to do. But we need to find a ways to being relevant. And, and I feel we really are. It's great to see people like, you know, Governor B who are going to be here because for a lot of young people, like, they're more likely to listen to someone like Governor B than Ron, I'm afraid to say, Ron. Like, you know, like, you know... <laughs> I'm sorry to say the truth is out now, like, uh, uh, yeah, whatever grime crime artist that you think he might be, like, they're going to relate to him more, like, they might like that music scene a bit more, and, you know, they might not be expecting it, like, but actually, for, the, for them, it's relevant, and so to see 300 people going to be in here, and I hope we'll be praying into that week to see young people who might have not thought of you know, God in this way and the way he'll talk about his story. You know, it's an amazing opportunity. And there are ways that we can be relevant today as well and be inspired by the love of God. And to be a light where there is deep darkness. You know, tackling issues like my brother-in-law with his men's ministry, how he's leading that. You know, what women want. What a great question. Like, who knows? Seriously. Like, we need to find that out. And I'm glad it's, it's addressing something that we need to know. The food bank we have, like people are hungry around here. They need food. Like it is a relevant thing that we're doing and this church is right in the center of that. And we have a part to, we have a part to play in it as well. So how can the Bible inspire us to radically transform the lives of others and to those in the community that we live here in Sunbury? Well, I was uh, given a, a passage and, and it's uh, written by Paul who wrote in Philippians, 
believe I pronounced that right. I was checking it with Ron earlier. I get a bit nervous about stuff like that. Um, And it's in chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. Um, If you have a Bible with you, please open up the passage because it would be great if you can just follow along with me as we look through it. Of course, you can use your phones as well if it is that much more convenient for you. Um, And then we can uh, just go through this short passage, not too long. So, um, But yeah, it would be great to unpack this a little bit more. Um, It says that, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So this was written by Paul. Um, Many will know of him being called Saul. He was once a man who was very passionate. He was very passionate about persecuting Christians instead of actually bringing people to know Jesus because he believed that, you know, the Jewish law was sacred, that that was a way to live life. Um, and, and, but of, of course, what was going on at this time is that many were putting their faith in Jesus in a new way. Um, and, and for him, he, he couldn't stand it and he really went out to persecute Christians. But of course, he was on the road to Damascus and he had that moment where Jesus, we, we met him. He said, and Jesus said, why do you persecute me? And from that point, he had a complete change of heart. And from what I'm impressed about this as well is that Jesus believed in this guy despite him having this persecuting intention in his heart. But actually, he saw the passion. He saw what he was able to do. And he's been responsible for forming a number of communities of churches um, and is responsible, again, for a large part of the New Testament with some of the letters written in there, many of it being from prison as well. So this is a letter written to the church of Philippi. um, And It's not uh, an easy area this was to actually be able to talk about Jesus as as a new new king. Um, This was actually a a Roman colony, and there was a real resistance to Jesus there as well. Um, And actually, many thought that Caesar was the one to be worshipped at the time, uh, at the time of the Romans. And, um, And so for him to say something like that would not be accepted that well, but... Um, with the confidence that Paul was saying, the willingness to take risks and preaching the good news, and that inspired confidence in others. And actually, that church really grew up, and there was a real community there built on the strong relationships that he formed with the church of Philippi. Um, and I think that's really key as well. I think for us to be relevant to people when we're talking about the gospel, I think being, having strong relationships with those people is, is a good thing to have. Um, for me, like if I'm coaching and it's at the beginning of the season and I have these 12, 14 new players, like the, I'm not going to say the first thing in all honesty is, like, have you ever heard about this guy Jesus? I'm not going to go straight in like that. I want to be able to understand them. I want to be able to understand who they are and, and find out a bit about their backstory before I start speaking to the gospel in them. And, and not to say that has to be over a long period of time. It could be over a conversation. But, you know, we have to have that conversation with people. We want to find out a bit about them and then try and relate to them in some way. That's how it's going to be relevant is that we're truly understanding the person that we're actually speaking to. And, and we'll know people on different levels as well. But um, for me, I feel that has, it's given me 
I guess, uh, more permission to actually speak into these young people's lives because I feel like they should know me a bit more before you know, I speak into theirs. And from this, in this passage, in verse 14, it says, um, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Yeah, that's not, that's not that easy, is it, really? Like, not to be, like, grumble and stuff like that. I mean, when I, you know, had to do chores around the house um, when, with my parents, uh, you know, I was kind of like the typical moody teenager who just didn't want to be like, oh, do I have to? Oh, I could be doing so much, something much more fun and stuff. And, you know, my wife has to still put up with that today, you know. Uh, but, um, but uh, you know what? I know that when I do these things, that actually I can alleviate some of the pressure off my wife to kind of keep the household all ticking over as she does so well, um, especially with a little girl as well that we have. Um, so for me, it's knowing that actually it's a way of just taking away and, and it's a way of showing love as well. So I think what Paul mentions here is that actually to be servant-hearted is something that we need, a real value within ourselves as well to be relevant to, is that to be really loving and to think that, no, I don't have to grumble about this. Yes, it might not be the most convenient time to do this, but I'm doing it out of love. I'm doing it out of care. Um, and, and that's something that I believe in every job I do, no matter how maybe mundane it might be for me, I know that's going to help in some way. Um, and that's something to kind of repay for the love that's been shown to me as well. Um, so that's something I really feel is, is relevant as well today. Um, I love this verse within verse 15 because it talks about, um, particularly in the second half, that you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You know, it's, it's linking as well to, you know, the value of this church that the gospel is the most important message anyone can hear. That, you know, you will shine if you stay true to the word you know. That's going to be the, the tool, one of the tools that will allow you to shine as brightly as you can. And there's not many things that actually shine brighter than stars, except the sun, maybe. But, uh, like, it's a, no, it's a definite, that is. But, um, but actually, we really are. We're supposed to be great light in these areas as well. Um, one of my favorite films, funnily enough, is a basketball film called Coach Carter. And there was a speech uh, in there from, uh, and it was actually from, I believe, a, a preacher called Marianne Williamson. Some of you might have heard of her. And it's um, her first line of this like, passage that this uh, young player read out, but I was just always stuck with me. His first line was, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's like, ooh, those are good words. Like, that will make you really think as well. And, and it's to say that, you know, speaking into that box of doubts that we have, that, you know, that actually we are powerful beyond measure, but there's so much weighing us down and to think, like, are we good enough to do this? Am I, can I really be that person who's relevant as well? And it says later on as well how we were meant to shine like children do and playing small does not serve the world. Plain small doesn't serve the world, you know, and that's what I want to, that's what I kind of strive for. I want to be an ambassador for Jesus. I want to not play small despite everything, and believe me, I'm definitely one of those people who wrestle with doubts, you know. Uh, in, in any facet of my life, it'll come, and I believe it will too, but God does not want to see you not let your light shine. He does not want to see that. He wants you to be everything you can be, shine and not be small. 
Matthew 5, verse 16 says, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You need to be that light in the darkness for those around you. And then it goes on to verse 17 to talk about pouring ourselves out, our, uh, pouring out ourselves as a sacrifice. You know, you need to, that, that amazing song we were singing earlier, like you need to give, uh, like Jesus giving himself away, that sacrifice, and that's inspiring, like how we need to give part of ourselves for the, for the cause, for the kingdom building that we're doing. And um, also that this verse kind of explores another point of within the value of relevant as well. Um, that meeting the needs of others, the physical, the spiritual, the emotional elements, you know, through actions of compassion, being generous, caring, you know, and, you know, we have a chance to serve within that. Um, an example of where I just felt the love of the church so much, particularly early on, was that when, um, you know, um, um, our daughter was born, um, like, back in April, and we... Uh, we, you know, it was obviously our first child, so it was a massive new experience and quite overwhelming. But what I loved, and particularly with the variation of food we have, is just these, these you know, we had a meal every day from someone new. Like we had, uh, and they bring it to the door, and it was like, "This is it." This, is it. you know, put it in the microwave for this long, da da da. And I, they would have also, and some would have like dessert in there, and some would have like a card in there as well. And I'm like, "This is just so generous. Like, this is just so thoughtful. Like, and you know, I, I couldn't say thanks enough to those people, um, for those like that small act, you know, combined together within the church and organized. I mean, it just meant so much." And it just felt we were part of a family here. And that, for me, was like sacrificial. That was giving. You know, not just thinking about the dinner they got to put on their family's table or whatever. Uh, you know, it was because of thinking of us as well. Um, and that I was really inspired by. And I think, actually, for the love that's given to me, and I've been very grateful, you know, for my family, like my wife, like for all of my friends, the support I've been given, I just feel it's only right to be able to give that back out. Like to actually find ways in my daily interactions, not just with the people I know, but in my day-to-day -day interactions, how I can pour myself back out into the world, into the community, into the different things that I'm doing. Let me tell you, within this passage, Paul did have massive lows, and it was not always easy, but he remained joyful. And his life force, what the thing that drove him in what he was doing, was to grow the church and spread the good news. And he wanted it to make relevant to those, despite being in places where they might not accept it. He was driven to that. I love that. You know, what have others in more modern times taken from Paul's example, Jesus' example? Well, there's a few people that really inspire me in history. Uh, you know, William Wilberforce, one of those people who, you know, made it a real task of his to abolish slavery in the UK. And, um, and, and a great quote, he says, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know. Like, you've seen it. You know what they are. You know the things that we need to change. But you can't say you didn't know. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, helping for the rights of African Americans uh, across the USA and to stop segregation, um, said that I just want to do God's will and he's allowed me to go to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I mean, he, he believed in what he was doing so much and he believed God was showing him what the promised land was looking like. And I believe he meant those words as well. So you can see what the values are for these, for these people, like those that we 
that we've covered and actually the things that are relevant issues that we need to tackle um, and that I'm inspired by the gospel, by Jesus' example. Slavery isn't right. You know, people of different ethnic backgrounds need to be treated equally. Caesar isn't God. Like, these are all things from different times, you know, and they were to honor God and deal with relevant issues. You know, what are the things that we can be thinking of tackling as well? And, they just, and you know, despite those difficulties, they were joyful in doing it. You know, they, they allowed it and, and they felt good about what they were doing. Um, in Micah 6, verse 8, he says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And, does the Lord and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. You know, to act justly, in some translations, says to seek justice. So to seek justice for others. And that doesn't have to be a big, massive way. Like, there's injustice all around us. Like, you know, someone not being able to put food on their table or someone, like, having things that they don't feel confident in saying, like, with the pastoral care we're doing. Like, you know, there's things that need to be tackled. And for me, you know, what my way of being relevant, what my life force drive is in my life um, is my basketball coaching is that I believe young men particularly need a positive role model. Like, I think they need to be taught what it is to live with character. And, you know, my, you know, my dream for them is that they'll grow up to be, you know, better husbands, better fathers, better men in their communities, you know. And, and, and you know, in a small way, I might be replicating what Jesus did, that he was there, you know, and to, and to seek justice in some way because I felt that somebody needs to step into that gap and that maybe I could be that person. That's how I'm making the gospel relevant in my life while impacting others. You know, what's yours? What can you do in where you are at the moment? You know, what are our values? Have we thought about that? Have we thought for 2018 what our values really are? What, what are our truths of our life? What is our life force drive in what we do? Does that connect to the gospel? Does that connect to what we're doing here at St. Saviour's? You know, I really want to, as we come to a time of prayer, just really pray into those areas we might be. You know, there might be some areas of, of real doubt as well. And, uh, you know, to, and, and towards the end of that relevant value, it's like to be, you know, creative, exciting, inspiring, and stuff like that. Um, I, I love that. And, um, and something that, um, that while leading up to this talk, I... I saw on Rose's Facebook account, because I think, you know, I love how she puts something up every morning. Like, the, I always think there's something to take away from what she says there, particularly like the one about your comfort zone, just a small zone, just a small circle, your comfort zone. It's very comfortable there, isn't it? Like, what we're used to, what we do in our everyday, and then this bigger circle that says where the magic happens. Like, sometimes we just got to believe. We got to allow God to take away that doubt and, like, be able to... to bring us to a place where we could do even more than before. Like, to think about this new year as something that we can do, that something we didn't even believe was possible that we could do. Like, I really do believe that. And um, Ron was telling me that I should just, like, let be led by the end uh, of this service if something was uh, talking to me. I couldn't help it, but something I was looking at this stage, actually, something up here that really... I thought this was, like, the world's strongest toilet roll or something like that. But um, for me, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, uh, is that what you said before, Ricks? No, 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 okay, just me, just me. But I couldn't help but think it just really applied, especially when you're talking about the box of doubts as well, 
that actually this, this is being prized open, and that's just like part of the potential that you have of what you can do in God's kingdom. But weighing down on this is like just your doubts, your fears, like you're not knowing what's going to happen, like the worry in your life as well, maybe anxieties that you know, like, and we want to just let everything come out, all that light, you know, all the music, you know, I'm sure it's exactly right as it should be. But for this example, like, he just want, I just feel like God says he wants to lift the lid. He wants to lift the lid on the box of doubts that you have. He wants to throw it open. Like, he doesn't want you to kind of feel like you do not, you're not relevant. Like, I would hate anyone to go away thinking that they were not relevant in what we're doing here at St. Saviour's. Like, I don't ever, you know, you are here. You are part of the body to build God's kingdom here, to impact this community. Um, and you have a place. So, yeah, so hopefully we, we could just go into that time of prayer, time of reflection. Um, and I hope that, you know, you allow God to really be speaking to you and to know that you are here to do something really, very relevant within the place you work, within your family, within this church. And, and God's right behind you. Like, he wants to support you. We want to support you in that. Whatever ideas you might have, you know, we need people who are part of teams and everything. But we also need innovators. You know, we need people to think about what's the next, what's the relevant thing that needs to be addressed? Like, you know, and I know St. Saviour's is part of wanting to do something about that. It's within our values. It's, it's what we want to do. So, yeah. There you go. Thank you. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.